Welcome to the What Do You Do With Your 24 podcast. From 24 Tire, I am Ty Rickstrew, and my guest today is Cody Hill. Cody Hill is a business coach and financial strategist dedicated to helping overwhelmed business owners to double their profits without losing their soul. With a background in business ethics and an MBA in financial strategies, Cody's has years of experience in corporate finance and business coaching. He founded Cody Hill Coaching to provide entrepreneurs and CEOs with essential strategies, tools, and supportive network. His approach combines practical financial advice and strategic planning to navigate business complexities, ensuring success without compromising personal well-being or ethical standards. Cody's expertise makes him a vital resource for business owners aiming for sustainable growth. Welcome to the podcast, Cody. Hey, Ty. Thanks for having me. No problem. Happy to have you here. Happy to dive into some stuff. We're going to argue, apparently. <laughs> Before we were even going, we were fighting. So. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, whenever I was talking to Alex and stuff, his big thing is, like, building a personal brand along with mm-hmm. your brand, which is just one strategy that you can do. Yeah. But my thought process is, is like, <clears throat> anyone has an iPhone. Anyone can do any of this. Yeah. And if you just know how to plan your week, you still can work on your business and take time. But it doesn't. Sure. And I don't think it takes that much time to shoot content. You know what I mean? I think it's I think the it's aftermath. It's the editing and the... Yeah, but there's VAs out there that can do it for virtually nothing. Relatively, so, yeah. No, literally, like, virtually nothing. I mean, you can pay a guy... I mean, you can pay him, like, less than $500 a month to shoot content for you. Sure. And edit all of it. And, and it looks pretty it professional. Yeah. So if you do that... Are you speaking from experience? I am. <laughs> <laughs> so trust me, you can do this. That's what everybody does. Yeah. That's what everybody is doing right now. Yeah. You can hire a VA that knows how to do emails. You can hire a VA that knows mm-hmm. how to do texting. And you can... If you... I think people spend too much time and too much money on things that don't matter in their mm-hmm. business instead of spending time and things on the like what is actually going to move the needle in the yeah. business, which is important. Yeah. Such as being strategic with how who and what you spend your money on. Like yep. hiring an employee or hiring a VA. So if I hire a VA for five hundred bucks a month, they should be able to nine times that money for yeah. me. Which, depending on what I do, it that content will. But also, everybody has to start somewhere. It's just like all these YouTube channels that I worked on. Like, people are like, oh, I want to start a YouTube channel or I want to start a podcast. And it's like, so every single person that I know that has been in a YouTube channel, they did it for like five years without a penny being made. They posted daily for nobody. And nowadays, nobody has that kind of grind in them. They're all just like, I want to just run a business and I don't want to work in it anymore. And it's like, I'm like, you are not at the point where you get to do that yet. You yep. have to grind it out. And it's, and people want to come and hire me to shoot videos for them. And I'm like, so let's just say for a number, it's a thousand bucks a month. So I'm like, you want to pay me a thousand dollars a month for the next five years mm-hmm. to shoot content for you and edit content for you and post to YouTube at the hopes of maybe one day you'll make it. Getting but, a following and, yeah. and having your audience. And that's one reason point. that I yeah. love YouTube and I love social media is because sometimes even if you have the most money in the world, you still won't be successful. Yeah. Because people still have to buy off on you. Yeah. And it's kind of like that cool thing of like, you still don't get to go sit at those tables with those giant YouTubers and do all that just because you have a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Like you have to build it. You have to become part of it. Yeah. And I think that's why people are so bought off on it as well is yeah. for those same reasons. And is the content that you're creating, is it adding value? Is it entertaining enough to to yeah. build a brand off of? Or is it just... Uh, something you want but even then most people that are doing youtube they're not trying to build a brand like the reason they're successful is because they're just doing what they love and it happens to eventually make them money like the big youtube channel i used to work for 
they got big because they did an unboxing video for grandma mm -hmm. and just posted it live on YouTube, not realizing that it was like anybody could see it. But yeah. they sent that link to grandma who was in a different state. So then grandma could see the kids unbox, unbox something. Yeah. And that's what took off. And so they just kept doing that because they enjoyed that. They yeah. enjoyed going to Target, picking out the new toy, going back, getting in front of a camera. And, and just it and it was just fun. It was a fun yeah. thing to do. And it's like people want to turn it into a business too fast where it's not going to be fun. Yeah. It's the same thing with like doing this podcast. Like this is just fun to me. Because mm -hmm. people are like, well, how many views do you have? And has, is, it, is that ever going to make yeah. you money or something? It's Who like, cares? At a certain point, not everything that I do in every aspect of my life has to be something that's going to change my bottom line or make me money or do whatever it's, yeah. it's at a certain point it's just connecting with people in a different format than just grabbing a beer at a bar yeah. or something you know what i mean i think that's what's interesting about that's, it uh, that's good it, you're also growing your like own worldview and perspective too right I, I think about the amount of the diversity within the people that you've brought in into the show from you know alex to What's his Rizzo to, mm -hmm. you know, and everybody in between you have, you've covered tons of different industries, tons of different just personalities and life experiences. And mm -hmm. every time you have conversations with somebody, there's an opportunity to take something and apply it. E yeah. Even if it's not directly related to your business or your personal life or mm -hmm. a hobby or something. Yeah. So, Oh yeah. That's why I enjoy it too. And I think one of the things that makes the most sense is like, Whenever the first one with Rodney, whenever we were sitting in here and just like going back and forth for three hours. Yeah. And it was like at in this format, you can for some reason people open up a little bit more, especially if they start diving into the whiskeys and stuff. And then people just start naturally like you can ask questions that like it would just be weird if we were just sitting at a bar to ask. Yeah. Like, so what do you think about failure in life? Yeah. You know, it'd be like fuck's going on like we're sitting at a bar and you're being weird about it yep. <laughs> this is the first time i met you yeah like. <laughs> exactly so and i have realized the ones where i know people i tend to like it's less like question answer format it's yeah. more of just like a conversation which yeah. i really enjoy yeah so but each one has been been really fun so now <laughs> sometimes you just got to get after it <laughs> oh man so well How's life? Good. Yeah, really good. I'm um, just coming off uh, helping with the Wichita Startup Week here. Uh, we're running the innovation track. I was the captain of that. And so I uh, got to organize a bunch of different entrepreneurs and business owners uh, kind of from the Wichita metro area. Uh, and we talked a lot about the importance of innovation within your business um, from technological innovation to leveraging first and third person data uh, to innovate your business all the way to um, innovating products or looking for different opportunities uh, within your market and even beyond your market too. Um, what are some main takeaways that you have that you can use in your business? That's a great question. Uh, probably the first one was is uh, we have more data around us and available to us than we think. Um, and it's just a matter of taking the time to actually leverage it or understand it. And so we have financial metrics and data. Uh, obviously, I'm very familiar with that. But we have marketing metrics and data that, um, you know, any anyone with a CRM or a spreadsheet or a Rolodex, depending on how old fashioned you are, has some kind of data about their um, perfect ideal persona, their uh, ideal avatars, right, uh, has some kind of uh data regarding 
finances and being able to take the time out um, of your week or your day to look at that and evaluate that. And you may be surprised at the the kind of uh, clients that you're reaching, right? And so, for example, uh, part of the conversation that one of the panelists w- was having was uh, m- maybe you, you think you have an idea of who your ideal client is, um, and then you s- start marketing to that, and then you find that you're actually closing a completely different client due to some other pain point or some other, you know, th- perceived value add product or service that you provide. And so then you need to think through, uh, do I pivot uh, who I'm marketing to? Do I pivot the product or the service that I'm providing? And and so, um, but really taking the time to evaluate uh, lifetime value of your customer as a result of that. Um, and then where do you want to be spending your time? So mm-hmm. my biggest takeaways uh, were... You know, I preach this all the time, but uh, slowing down and really thinking through what you're doing. I'm the kind of person who likes to jump in first and then check to see if there's water. And I think that makes me a lot more open to some risky behaviors in, in business. But it's also led to some of the biggest growth uh, within my businesses in the past and then even the coaching now. And um, yeah, so. But I feel like sometimes you have to jump in. Yeah. Like whenever the data is zero, you have to figure right. out, you have to get some data to be able to start working with, right? Right. And so we we even, the panelists and, and some side conversations, we're even talking about that. At some point, one, you have more data available to you and, and accessible than you would think. And two, at some point, you do have to uh, trust your intuition or trust your gut or trust your knowledge of the current market, Right. And so you have your current market that you live in or your network that you live in. And so like I'm walking down the street or I'm at a networking event, I'm going to have a different experience or even I'm going to have a better pulse on what people want and what they're looking for, especially if I'm a business to business provider. Right. Um, But if I'm marketing outside of my local community, I'm going to have to take the time to figure out what pain points or what my ideal client, you know, in Derby or beyond cares about. And just because somebody here in Wichita cares about something doesn't necessarily mean that somebody in Kansas City does, doesn't necessarily mean somebody in Colorado or Canada or China, right? And so, um, yes, you you have to jump at some point. uh, But I think the importance of innovation, I I spoke on this a little bit, the importance of innovation within your business is um, most of us get into business or get into providing the product or the service that we um, are providing out of a perceived need or, or being able to help somebody, depending on what your business is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of the times people think, oh man, my idea is so good or my product is so good because it's working in this moment. And they, they fall into the trap of thinking that what I'm providing and what I'm doing right now is timeless or classic, right? And so I... I think you have to innovate your business. You have to evaluate your product and your service, and you have to evaluate their customer experience continually. Um, and so taking it full circle to what you said, you have to jump. You do have to jump, but once you've jumped, you need to continually look around and take the time to see, okay, am I doing what I set out to do? Mm-hmm. If I'm not doing it effectively, is that because there's not room in the market for what I'm doing? Am I too early to the market in some instances? Um, you know, what is it? Kanye West paving the way uh, in music. Mm-hmm. He said he was too early 
But really, I, I had an epiphany the other week that this may be controversial. Sorry, Kanye, if you see this, but P. Diddy did what Kanye did before him, right? Mm-hmm. He had six different names, Puff Daddy, Sean Combs, Diddy, Sean John. He created fashion long before Kanye did. And so mm-hmm. Kanye says, I'm at the, I'm innovative. I'm at the spearhead. I'm first to market, so to speak, in that area. So that's mm-hmm. why people don't like me. Um, but Diddy did all that stuff. That yep. was a bit of a, a tangent. But well, I mean, you can even take it further back and be like, Tupac yep. really was the one to start it, or whoever was before that yep. was really the one to start it. And actually, that's funny that you say that because I have a lot of beliefs that like almost nothing is original anymore. Mm-hmm. Content, uh, business, yeah. any strategy, anything that we're doing, it's almost someone somewhere is doing it. Yep. And it's like there's very little. Um, original ideas happening yeah. anymore. It's just the the tool or the means by which you um, introduce mm-hmm. marketing strategies and services. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's actually a scripture that says that there's nothing new under the sun, and mm-hmm. that was thousands of years ago somebody said it. So yeah. uh, it's even more so true today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we, we figure out different ways to package it and present it, like you said, and, and that's the beauty of innovation. I think that's the beauty of marketing. And that's the beauty of technology, right? And so we have technology that gives us data once we've jumped or whether Mm -hmm. we've jumped first or we're trying to make a decision. I never, I probably need more people who are, uh, what is it, analysis paralysis. I probably need more people in my life who are evaluating data on a regular basis. I I will never be the kind of person who's evaluating to the point of death and not taking the jump. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that I need you know, innovation for myself to be able to grow is I need someone who's saying, Hey, have you considered this or, or yeah. data actually says this, or based on what you're saying here about your experience, um, you should consider slowing down or pivoting or changing. Mm-hmm. And, um, then you get into kind of the conversation of entrepreneurship and it's like highest level, purest mm-hmm. form. Um, I think, you can tell me your thoughts on this. I think that immature entrepreneurs are committed to a product or a service, and maturity comes about when you are committed to helping solve problems or to meet a perceived need. And so um, what do I mean by that? I mean, when you are in... I hear a lot of pitches from people. I hear a lot of people's ideas. When I'm networking, I you know some of the first questions I ask is, "What do you do?" And if it's a product or a service, they're they're all in on the product or service. Um, and then I ask, "Okay, so what what pain point do you alleviate, or how are you helping your ideal client or customer, adding value to their life?" Right. So mm-hmm. anything from you know entertainment all the way to legitimate technical needs. Um, and so often, I think we get so siloed good way to put it on our product or our service it's the one fix that you need or it's the one entertainment thing that you need um and young entrepreneurs immature entrepreneurs go this is it this is the answer forever and ever but i think real mature entrepreneurs are the ones that go okay how can i make this better how can i you know improve the not just quality of the product itself but are there adjacent things I can add to it? Are there other pain points that people aren't 
um, addressing that we can pivot and move to and create an even bigger space between us and the rest of the market. What are your thoughts on entrepreneurial? Um, I think it's always about the product or the service first. <clears throat> I think that's what matters. Mm-hmm. And I think it just goes into how you market it. You know, for example, having a bottle of water, it's about the water. Mm-hmm. That's what's important. But then we just tell you that it hydrates you. Yeah. We just we just go to your pain points. So I think you have two different mindsets there. It's kind of the whole the book Rocket Fuel. You have a visionary and an integrator. Mm-hmm. You have the visionary that's saying this is the best damn water that's been on this side of the earth. Yeah. And then you have the innovator or the marketer that's going to say, okay, but like that's not going to really sell to people. Sure. And so I think they both work really well together. But I think there's people that become entrepreneurs that are like the designer or they're so bought off on just the item mm-hmm. and they want people to see it how they see it as the best water. They don't want to have to market it as it hydrates you. Sure. And that's kind of how I look at it is where it's the same thing whenever it comes into like my marketing agency is like everyone always like you need a niche down. Small business isn't a niche. Mm-hmm. You need to choose like roofers or whatever. And I do see these companies absolutely killing it because they're like just solar panel marketing yep. or just roof roofing companies. But there's also a ton of agencies that are killing it and they just help people. Yep. Like they run in Google ads. That's it. They, and whether it's for leads or e-com or whatever it is, they run Google ads, they run Facebook ads or whatever. And it's like, I think it really just depends on what works for you. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we get so caught up in like what's working for somebody else. And we do want to kind of copy and replicate and do that. And just because that is a proven track record. But I think at a certain point it gets into just figuring out what works for you and not giving up too soon. I think too many people just start and they can't even last 90 days selling what they are about and they just give up and pivot and move on to something else and they're just like not focused on what actually is helping that person. Sure. And I think that's what gets into like a lot of millionaires. Like they get, they become, they always say like you need seven figures or seven sources of income to become a millionaire. And it's like, most of the time it was one thing that made the person a millionaire and then they started branching out from there. Then they diversify their portfolio once they have enough. Exactly. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs nowadays, and I'm guilty of this myself, is trying to do too much at once. And like you haven't found your one golden pony. You know what I mean? I haven't found the one thing that is going to kill it. Or I do, but then it's like I get bored and I want to, I want to like, it's like I almost start kind of figuring something out. I don't become a master in it, but I kind of get it figured out, mm-hmm. and then I just move on to the next thing. Just enough to become dangerous. Exactly. Yeah. That's my biggest issue. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of entrepreneurs' biggest problem. Yeah, I'd agree. But, I, yeah, I agree. I also think, though, um, if you're too locked into the newest technology, at some point, three, five, six, ten years or months or weeks down the line, somebody else is going to come out with something better because they've taken the time um, to think through, can I do this better? Right. And Mm so um, like, for example, in my business coaching offer, profit assessment. um, And if I leaned into that tool of, Hey, you know, here's this tool that can help find you money and add money to your bottom line. And we can talk through how it buys back your time. Um, At the end of the day, if I'm just selling that tool, then I'm just I'm giving somebody tool. I'm get, I'm equipping them. They can come away with a roadmap. Um, but at the end of the day, if they don't take that information and apply it to their business, then the tool really doesn't provide or do anything. Right? There's mm-hmm. the accountability on the backside. If you're working with a business coach, there's the 
um, or even just mentors or you have a network of people. And so if, if I were so locked on just trying to provide this profit assessment and I, I went all in on trying to do the profit assessment, I could miss out on um, actually what I've found out over the last year and a half, vulnerable moment, right? Um, I, I was leaning into the profit assessments. We were doing a ton of them. Uh, people were understanding, hey, there's a handful of different strategies that can help me grow my business. Then on the back side, there's the accountability side. And I found that uh, with a lot of people, executive and in the group coaching setting, they didn't have a basic you know, financial understanding. Um, and it, maybe I took that for granted because I've worked in corporate finance and I've, mm-hmm. I've gone through uh, the ropes of learning finances and, and I'm a pretty thick skulled individual. So it took mm-hmm. me a while to capture it all. Um, but once I learned kind of the basics of finance, I realized the power of small incremental changes and how it can uh, change your business significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, not just in the corporate setting, right? There's a reason that big corporations are established and growing and one, they're always innovating. Two, uh, they look at their numbers and they, they can tell the story that their numbers are telling about their business. And then they come up with projections and ideas based off of what they've experienced and where they think the market's going. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the staying power of the <clears> business <throat> is always innovating, always thinking through how can we do it better, whether it's providing the product or customer experience or is there a share in the market or, or an adjacent market we need mm-hmm. to move to. What are our finances saying? Should we change our prices? Should we evaluate the our customer retention? Should we, um, you know, focus our marketing somewhere else? And what I found is, you can give people the roadmap to success. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can give people, business owners, anybody, right? It could be anything. It could be somebody who wants to uh, get stronger or lose weight or wants to become faster. You can give them a roadmap. Mm-hmm. You can tell them exactly how to do it. But if you don't continually tie it back to that goal that they want and mm-hmm. you don't give them, you don't help them understand kind of the fundamentals, then there's no motivation uh, for an individual to get up and do their push-ups or yeah. sit-ups. But or, the profit assessment you do isn't your business. That's correct. But that's not that's not the product you sell. That's your swipe right. file to get them in. It's just like whenever I do roadmaps with people. Yep. Yeah, I'll sit down with you and you can pay me to do a roadmap with you and I'll tell you everything I know about yep. marketing for a little bit, but that's not my business. That's not what I'm actually selling. Correct. Your product is the coaching. Yep. Same thing, mine is the digital agency. Like, I want you to work with me so I can run your Facebook ads, Google ads, and actually help make you right. money. But yeah, I'll give you a ton of, you know, I'll give you one puzzle piece. Yep. And if I give you the one puzzle piece, you can start seeing maybe the shape or the outline of it. But if I don't give you all the filler stuff, it's not, it's going to be kind of worthless to you. And to me, that's what I think the profit assessment thing is. It's like, it, it'll help you. Yeah. But if you don't have the data and you don't have the rest of what you teach and do, then it's just going to, they can't execute. I agree with that. Um, you can do the research if you wanted to, right? Which is then you're trading time, right? Yeah. And, and so the the trade-off with somebody um, who chooses to work with me, whether it's on the executive level or in the group coaching, there's still a level of um, understanding and commitment that I think is necessary that I wasn't aware of when it was just, me talking to my friend who owns a business and they're asking me ideas and I'm like, Hey, you should consider bundling. Do you have a downsell option? That's you're asking a lot and you're sharing a lot. Are mm-hmm. you losing a lot of customers? Then they're motivated because they feel that pain point. I found, um, over the last couple of years and I was blind to it, honestly, cause I was just moving ahead. I was getting people into profit assessments. 
Uh, I was getting them, which I was pushing and they're good. And I think they're very powerful and useful, but I realized that, um, most business owners don't have the financial acumen or haven't spent the time to understand a, a P&L statement and what those numbers really mean. Uh, uh, and so because of that, when we start talking, hey, when you get into the actual, here's the rubber meets the mo- road, you got to spend your time on that this week. Mm-hmm. They get so overwhelmed that they revert back to, it's human nature, we re- revert back to what our normal MO is, Right. And so if I'm trying to, if I want to up my bench, right, uh, I, I, I can put a plan together and I just have to like muscle through it and stick through it and I should be disciplined and mm-hmm. I know all the stuff that I should be doing, but then there's some mornings where I go, I don't want to get out of bed, right? <laughs> there's some mornings where yeah. we go, ah, I just don't. And then that one day can turn into two, into three. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I found if what I've been testing is, if I lean into the financial side and say, hey, before we get anywhere with this coaching stuff, we're going to take four weeks and I'm going to help you understand what your P&L statement says, what it means, how you can influence it. And then then we're going to jump into these strategies so you can know exactly what you can expect in trading of your time or seeing your bottom line grow or mm-hmm. your cost of goods going down. Are you starting to see that you are finding what you want? To be a target client too, though. Uh, yeah, because that's what I started to realize is like I used to think that everyone was my target client. Yep. And I'm starting to realize probably the same way that you are is like, if you have zero data, I can't do a profit assessment for you. Yep. You know, if you're just starting a business and running it and hustling like the rest of us. Yep. If I'm only making, my margins are super thin or razor thin or whatever. Yep. It's like how am I? How are you going to be able to tell me? that I need to spend marketing money over here when there's zero dollars yeah. on that line item. And I've started to realize the same thing on my end. If you have no audience, you just started, you have no sales, how am I supposed to help you market? You're yeah. still in like the early, early stages of yeah. a business. It's like there's nothing to help you marketing to. It's kind of the same thing about the YouTube channel stuff that we were talking about a little bit before is if you want to launch a YouTube channel and you want me to help you make it successful, I can help accelerate it once you have an audience. Once it's going. But doing the grinding part of it, like that's on you. And I think that goes into business as well. Like there is a part of owning a business and starting a business where you're just grinding. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Because you just, you have no sales, you have no leads coming in and you're just figuring and you have no money. If you have money, it can buy you everything. Right. It can start buying you marketing. It can buy you business coaches. It can buy you, you can buy the, the cheap print that everyone else is doing. But if you're doing the freaking pull yourself up from the bootstraps. Yep business start that I did that you're doing that everyone's doing, you know, for the most part, it's like you can't walk into a digital marketing agency and expect them to be able to just turn it around for you. It's impossible. And I would hope that any other digital marketing agency would tell you that. But the issue is is I have people come to me and they're like, yeah, they promised me X, Y, and Z over there and they couldn't deliver on it. And I've started turning people away now. And I've started to realize like, you're not my target client. My target client is someone that's been in business. They have some sort of sales and that I'm able, and I, I think it takes a while to start realizing how you can really help people too, mm-hmm. like getting into what you're talking about. And I've started to realize that's one thing for me is like to really bring value to someone, this is my target. This is yep. who I'm going after. Because I really think that once you have that audience kind of built, but you just kind of just did it and it worked and you have sales and it's like somehow I'm making six figures a month, but I have no idea how, yep. I have no systems or anything. That's when you start working with a coach. That's when yep. you start working with a marketing agency that can help you dial in your processes. And then- you know, it's like what all the big marketers say. It's easier to build a million dollar company or it's easier to take a million dollar company to a hundred million than it is to build the first million. Yep. 
And it's like, people need to understand that too. It's like, when all the data says zero, you're still in that grinding st- stage. Yep. Do whatever. Yeah. Figure it out. Keep That's- going. But and don't give up too soon because you're still doing the hard part. You're doing what is going to be worth it in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't just get to skip to chapter 20. Right. You and, have to do the grind. Yeah. And. Or get a big funder that wants to give you yeah, some money. That's, <laughs> you just got to find somebody with deep pockets if mm-hmm. that's the case. No, I, I agree 100%. And I think the, the you know, again, just about me, the reason why I even got into business coaching is because um, I have this aptitude for finances. I have this aptitude for marketing and general strategies, not just marketing, but general business strategies uh, because of my education. But then I had this people skill set that um, whether it's in a group setting, I always introduce myself, hey, I'm the bald bearded guy who loves to yell at rooms full of people about business, right? Mm-hmm. Or fill in the blank, right? Um, and I found I got into it because I want to help people. I, I think entrepreneurs, small business owners, even people who jump into franchises, whatever it is, whatever your entry point in into pursuing your dreams and trying to build a business, at the end of the day, we're human beings who who got into it because we wanted some kind of outcome, whether it was uh, time, freedom, money, freedom, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And part of me over this last year specifically, I'd say uh, I wanted to say yes to everybody because of that empathetic I see you as a human being. I want you to succeed. Mm-hmm. I can relate to the grind um, side of me goes, well, okay, I want to help everybody. Um, and so instead of instead of finding my niche and then niching down, which I'm leaning into uh, professional service providers and probably B2B service providers specifically, mm-hmm. um, I'm testing those waters the last couple of weeks. Had a couple profit assessments this week with business owners who are doing close to a million or a couple million in revenue. Um, but again, still have no idea where their finances are at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't understand why they're bringing that much money in, but their yeah. bottom line doesn't reflect that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so instead of uh, just saying, well, I've, I've spent the last two years building relationships with all kinds of people from all kinds of different businesses, um, I've... I've pivoted in my niche and then I've also tried to create this opportunity um, called the Infinite Business Network, uh, which is a private Slack community that we put together that is really my, I would say that's my my passion and my heart is for the people who are not quite to the million, right? The people mm-hmm. who are in that grind phase of, okay, let's come together in a setting where we'll give you some strategies that are not industry specific, We'll give you some understanding of your finances and you're going to be in a community of other people who are like, yeah, I'm up 24, seven, 365 mm-hmm. trying to make this work. Uh, and I think there's some real potential for some synergy there. And so we launched that officially just this last w- month uh, and it's been going really well. And I think there's that one, two punch selfishly. I want to see them succeed and the service providers that come out of that group still mm-hmm. standing, yeah. uh, step into the more formal agreement of coaching. Mm-hmm. But also I want to be able to help, network and referral. We've even seen referrals already. It's just a very small group right now. We've seen referrals being passed. Uh, One of our guys has put together his biggest proposal yet for somebody this morning, and we're all celebrating that and excited. And Mm -hmm. who knows, maybe it'll get torn down, and then he'll come in commiserating, and we'll be able to join in support of that. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think I have a heart for supporting business owners just in general to tell you, hey, don't quit yet, right? 
Mm-hmm. What's the data say? What's your heart say? Where do you feel like you yeah. want to be? Um, yeah, it's harder than you thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think as, and that's just me, right? I, I'm also somebody who probably has my hand in too many cookie jars. Um, <laughs> but I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and still in managing to have time for my family, you know, three kiddos at home, wife. And um, so I think it's all doable. You just, yeah, like you said, you, you don't quit. And some people say pivot early, pivot often. Some people say pivot when the data says to. Um, but I think what's important and what nobody talks about um, in business is we see the Grant Cardones out there who tell you to 10x stuff. Uh, we even see Alex Ramosi and we see uh, Gary V and we see all these people who are successful now and have these huge followings, big influences, Cody Sanchez, right? All, all these you know high profile individuals that are not living the solopreneur life but their their brand presents them as the face and the know-it-all, right? And again, mm-hmm. I know most of them will say, well, we don't know everything, right? Mm-hmm. But if we're not careful and we're just consuming information via TikTok and via 15-second videos or, you know, shorts, um, as a business owner, I think, oh, as a solopreneur, which in its truest form of itself is just me, you know, my Bible and my gun and me in America mm-hmm. taking, it, taking it on, um, I can scale to and I can get to the point that Grant Cardone is, right? I can get to the point that, you know, these perceived solopreneurs are. But the reality is when you listen to their stories and you actually read some of their books, when you read some of their books, that's not the fluff stuff just to introduce you to them, but is really getting into the technical side of stuff. You you realize, oh, Alex was able to scale. Yeah, he did the grinding and he tells the stories and, and I love that. But he was also like, and then he had a team around him. At first it was his wife. Mm-hmm. And then it was like he built and put people into place to help him get to the point of where he is. Mm-hmm. But what we see is we see the videos of him talking and sitting at a podcast table. And so then you go, oh, okay, Alex did himself. I can do it myself, right? Mm-hmm. Or you look at Jocko and the influence that he has. Or you look at any other speaker out there. There's a team of individuals at some point who have come around them to help empower them to do the stuff that they're really passionate about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think as a business owner... When we get into it, uh, this is we're coming full circle to, mm-hmm. to what I said earlier. As a business owner, when I step into providing that product or that service where I think there's opportunity, there's going to be something that I'm really passionate about or that I'm really good at. And at some point, you have to wear all the hats. Uh, and we we're kind of talking about this beforehand. At some point, you have to wear all the hats. And you have to figure out from a revenue or a time standpoint, okay, when do I start handing responsibilities away, Mm -hmm. um, offloading those to an admin in some way, shape or form or an agency to help me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think a lot of times as a business owner and what I found at least here with my friends and within my network is there's this in between phase where you're grinding and you have to take that jump of, okay, I need to make an investment in something Mm -hmm. and, determining what that investment is and where it should be um, can be scary and can be a, a really hard decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think thinking through admin tasks, uh, just the day-to-day stuff of keeping your business afloat, uh, thinking through working with somebody like you who who can run my ads for me or who can you know help me um, take that next step 
without me paying for somebody to be on full time. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. um, but I think the challenge can be where we're so committed to my product or service. And I personally, I could, I could have been so committed to my product or service that I've missed out on the financial piece that I think is the, the pin that helps that you pull. If this is a grenade, mm-hmm. this is a grenade. You <laughs> pull the pin and it blows up your mm-hmm. business to that next level. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think that financial, and I'm already seeing feedback from my group coaching and with the, um, profit assessments I've given in the last couple of weeks, we jump into it and I, and I'm helping demystify some of here's your P and L. Do you understand what your cost of goods are? No, not necessarily. Okay. Let's talk through it real quick. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you think there's opportunity to, you know, decrease your cost of goods? So, well, yeah, I haven't talked to my vendors in six months. Okay. Well, why don't you start with that? Mm-hmm. Like here's something tangible. The that low you hanging can, fruit. Yeah. Yeah, so. absolutely. No, that makes sense. I still think even with like the, all the Alex Ramoses and everyone in the world, like <clears throat> that's why I enjoy giving back while I'm still building mm-hmm. as well. And that's what I always tell people. Cause like I'll get like, I don't know if you want to call it people chirping at me, but like, Oh, you like to go on stage and speak or do whatever. And it's like, yeah, I'm not waiting until I yeah. am Alex Hermosi. I'm just showing people I am you yeah. right now. I'm showing you what's working as I'm building it. Yeah. As if you got a chance to realize you know, whenever Alex Hermosi was building his gym launch business yep. and he was laying on sleeping in the gym and stuff. And you're like, what are you doing right now? That's working. It's like, this is what, this is what's working. Cause too many times, especially in marketing, especially at this day and age, what worked might not work. Yep. You know what I mean? The big thing is like the Facebook groups to be able to get people in it and then do the offers and get people to spin on that. Like that, if you would have got that a year ago, you'd be rolling in it right now and it yep. still works, but it's not as lucrative as it once was. Yep. You know, the same idea of like, the supplement company that I do stuff with. It's like back in the nineties, whenever they got in on that, that was the only way to buy supplements. So it was freaking killing it. And now they have to innovate and pivot after 30 years of something that was working. And it's like, that's the same thing. It's like, I want to talk to people that are doing it right now Mm -hmm. that whenever we get off the call, they're not going onto their yacht and they're not getting in their helicopter to go fly away or do whatever. They're going to get into the meta business suite and build out an ad campaign. That's the people that I want to talk to because it's like, what is working right now and I, you want to hear both sides you want to hear yeah. the bigger picture and the micro and everything all at once but that's why i enjoy talking to people and being in groups with people and i know i made that facebook post the other day of like i want to talk to people that are like doing it right now especially mm-hmm. for 24 tire and some other wild world digital stuff it's like there are so many ideas out there because yep. if you listen to gary v and you listen to alex and you listen to grant cardone and you listen to all these guys they all have a thousand different things that they talk about. I don't know how Alex is putting out so much content. I can't physically watch every single video he puts out. It's impossible. And every single one I couldn't execute on. And it's so, it's like almost that paralysis part where it's like, there are so many ideas that you can do, but you have to pick something and you have to go for it. And that's where some of the most beneficial things in my business that I've been a part of is someone just telling me, just do it. Like, Mm -hmm. just do this, pick something and just go for it. And stick with it long enough to see if it's going to work. Yep. And just, I understand you can make money over there, but you have to just let it go. Yeah. Because you're going to make a ton of money if you go this way. So if you just pick the one thing, you will make money doing it. Yeah. And that's one thing that I like. But just even then, like being able to talk to someone that is also has a, for 24 tire for six, that has a Shopify account and they're doing a Black Friday deal. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to get your conversions up? What are yeah. you doing whenever someone hits that web page to get a better conversion? How are you? 
programming everything? How are you doing it to where when they get to the cart, you want to hit them with another upsell offer? What app do you use? What are you, what are you in, interjecting there? Yeah. Like those conversations are so useful. And I think anyone being able to find a group like that, especially if that's what's going on in your Slack channel, where it's mm-hmm. like, hey guys, I posted to Facebook and I, I worded it this way. And at the end I said, DM me for this. And I got, I only got like three comments, but you should see what my DMs look yeah. like. That's what I always tell people. I'm like, the business goes down in the DMs. Because when I do posts like that, when I was in a group and I learned that's what people were doing, mm-hmm. and I started moving my posting to be like that, it started telling people, I want you to work with me. This is what I can help you with right now. And people started actually reacting to it. Yeah. And it's like, that's what I want. That's that's the conversations that I want to be having. Yep. And especially just in this podcast and stuff, it's like, what are you doing right now that got you that client today you close that client what'd you do for that and they're like Mm -hmm. well you know and at a certain point sometimes people just have no idea they're like i don't know they dm me on facebook i've been posting a little bit and it worked you know but whenever you can ask someone and this is one reason that i loved talking to steve with urban cool Mm -hmm. especially whenever i was working with them it's like these are the conversations we were having yep it was like wait what what is that big team over in california doing what are they doing oh they plugged this in okay let's plug that in let's see let's see if it's working hey guys this is working over here plug this in over here yeah and it's like having those systems especially but at a certain level you have to have the base level to get there right you have to have a crm you have to be able to be tracking your leads coming in you have to be able to figure out how many conversations do you have in a day that actually turn into leads? Yep. And that's what I started realizing is people aren't salespeople anymore. They're solopreneurs and they want to do everything except sales. Mm-hmm. So they want to get in people. They want people to get in and talk to them and do all this stuff. But at a certain point, they don't want to say, okay, do you want to work with me or not? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and how many people do I need to talk to in a day to close a lead? Yeah. Because I would imagine right now, if you're brand new, you probably need to be doing a hundred people a day dials, Yeah, you know? And you can scrape information like where is where is that grind? You know, people want to talk about door knockers and they're like, oh, I'm no door knocker and stuff. But it's like those people know how to sell. Yep. And that's what you need to be doing in your business to make sales, especially if you're a lead uh, service provider. Mm-hmm. You need to be calling people and saying, hey, I'm tied with Wildwood Digital Marketing. I can help your business with Facebook ads today. Yep. I have a business that I've worked with before. This is what I've done. Are you interested? No. Oh, yeah. Okay. Click. Okay, hey, this is tied with and just keep going. And it's like you can scrape list and just start calling people. Yep. And the idea is, is that's what we're doing with social media. But that's outbound, right? Mm-hmm. No more or that's inbound. We want people to reach out to us right. and talk to us. We don't want to reach out to people. We want to touch their pain points just yeah. enough for them to go, ooh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna follow up there. I'm gonna give my information yeah. away so and give them permission to But I'm in up. I'm in groups right now where I'm learning how to do that where I'm reaching out, yeah. where I'm going and scraping email list and texting list and all these things. And I'm able to add that into a, uh, a list on Facebook and the run a Facebook ad to only those people with that pain point mm-hmm. offer. And it's all, and that's some of the cheapest ad spend you'll ever do. But it's like the only way I learned how to do that is because someone else has done it and it's worked for them. And they said, Hey, do this. And they shared it with you. Yeah. Yep. And then you start doing it. It's like, that's one reason that you work with a marketing agency yep. as well is because the information that we're going out and getting because we can just give you the cheat codes to be successful. Yep. And I think that's where a lot of people are missing, especially if they're being a solopreneur by themselves, but not networking yep. and not talking to people that are also similarly in their business because it's like, well, how many people like, I also have really strong feelings on like people think they have a successful business that's built off of only SOI. Like mm-hmm. they'll launch a business in the, like in the first 90 days, they'll get a couple of clients And it's all grandmas, uncles, cousins, friends of a friend or whoever they had on Facebook, which is awesome. You need those people. You need that person to be able to start pushing it. But it's like 
their businesses start failing whenever they have to get out of the SOI. Mm -hmm. When you have to go shake someone's hand that has no idea who you are and sell them, that's when you're starting to get into a real business. And that's something that's scalable. Yeah. When you're getting enough leads in of people that have no idea who you are, that's what you pour the jet fuel on. Mm -hmm. You don't pour the jet fuel on your Facebook page just to your friends and family, unless you're adding random people every single day. That's another strategy. If you're going on a Facebook and you know you work with roofers, you I've can, been doing that. You by can the go way. find roofers and start your, adding. Yeah. Because of your information. So <laughs> start adding people that are business owners yep. and then get them in your group and then start selling to them that way. Yep. It's like that's also a strategy. But there's a thousand strat there's like so many different strategies out there. And it's just I think it's so hard, especially as a business owner, to keep up with it. Because then now, okay, I'm the salesperson. That's how and that's how I've started my day. It's like from eight to noon, you can't get a hold of me. Mm-hmm. Nobody can. Because I'm just building my business. Yep. I've made it. My phones are off. I'm not on social media. You can almost, it's almost impossible to find me. But then from noon to the rest of the day, that's all my networking. Mm-hmm. That's my reaching out to other people. But I've made it non-negotiable for in the morning time, I'm finding clients. I'm, yep. I'm building an actual business that's not just based on SOI. That's reaching out to people, figuring out how to get my CRM, how to get leads coming in. And the same thing, helping fulfill other people you have to eventually get out of that. Yeah. You know, in my business, I can do the Facebook ads, I can do the content creation, I can edit it. But at the same thing that we're, what you're talking about is at a certain point, you have to start offloading. Yep. To start offloading all those things and actually build a business that makes sense. But I also want people to know nobody has it figured out. Yep. I also want I know businesses that are doing millions and they have no idea. They have no strategies. They have no as the, the SOPs they have are like hilarious if you yeah. actually got into it. And it also Working in TV, those people don't have it figured out. I've met celebrities that don't have it figured out. There's yeah. no, I, I think people need to start understanding there's no playbook that like when you start, when you start getting a little famous or you're a football player and you start becoming famous, there's no playbook mm-hmm. on how to get into commercials and how to get on TV shows or at six months after these, this many TV shows, you need to get on this commercial or whatever. Everyone is just winging it and everybody, everybody in this world is just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Alex Hermosi doesn't have it figured out. I can guarantee it. Mm-hmm. He acts like he does on camera and all that, but for his bigger picture of what he's doing now, he's just giving us information that helped him whenever he was growing, but right. he's not on that path anymore. Yeah. He's on his higher path, and the YouTube channel is part of that path to get him to the acquisition.com to make that bigger. Mm-hmm. He's not building the gym launches anymore. He wants to help people get there because he figured that out, but it's like that's what people need to also understand is like that – he's just on a different path than you are right mm-hmm. now too. So you don't need to be doing all the content type of stuff that he's doing right. and building a YouTube channel because people see the YouTube channel and they're like, oh, I want to build a YouTube channel and do that. It's like, no, what you need to do is spend $500 a month on Facebook ads and start getting some leads in and yep. start calling people whenever that lead comes in and not expect them just because you send them an automated text message that says, hey, I'd love to work yep. with you means that they're going to reach out to you because they yep. don't care. Be a salesperson. Yeah. you know, And that's one of the people, like people will ask me, they're like, I just launched a business. Say, say I'm a plumber or a, a roofer is a good example. And it's like, hey, I just launched my roofing business. What are some ways for me to get some leads? Like, what would you do? I'm like, one, I'd make a really good so social media at the bare point is free, mm-hmm. free 99. Go out, make a decent Facebook page, a decent Instagram page, and a decent TikTok with a good cover photo. Hop on Canva, make a decent cover photo and whatever. Make it look clean with a nice logo. And then just start posting some content, mm-hmm. you know. And it, and it doesn't have to be do before and afters and just say, oh, we had a great home today. And not everything has to be that call to action. Start yep. following the three pillars. But then from there, once you start getting a little bit of a budget, start running some cold ads. Start boosting some posts. 
You know what I mean? Spend a 50 bucks there, a hundred bucks there. Start getting some generation from that and then start networking like crazy. But then from there, at a certain point, start knocking some doors, start making Mm -hmm. some sales. And if you're, if you don't want to go knock on a door and tell someone that I can help you scrape a list of home buyers, because it's super easy. You can do this of home buyers in 2023 Mm -hmm. or whatever for Wichita area and start calling people. Hey, I'm so-and-so. We just had that storm come through. Just wanted to see if you needed anything. This is all stuff you can Google. Yeah. Google cold calling YouTube scripts. There's a thousand of them out there. And just act. I think a lot of people, whenever you're the, sorry, I'm going on a tangent here, but I think whenever you're the business owner, people think like, oh, it's me. And so it's like, oh, I'm I'm a little scared to do this. Yeah. Like I'm a little, I'm like, they'll think like whatever you do is your decision to make. And so you can't blame it on your boss anymore. Mm-hmm. So for example, like at Urban Cool, they have people that cold call. And I think it's easier to cold call someone when you're in there as an employee yep. and they give you the script and they give you the SOP to say, Hey, do this because then you're just doing what your boss tells you to do. Yep. If hey, they say no to so, you, yeah, it's they're like, saying no to urban. Yeah. They're yeah. not saying no to you, but it's like, stop thinking of it like that. Just yeah. be the salesperson for that little bit yeah. and call and just start making phone calls to people and just be okay with being told no, even though it's your business. Yep. Sometimes I'll bring people in here that I don't even know. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm an account manager with wild wolf. Mm-hmm. I don't even tell them that I own the whole thing or whatever. It's just, I'm an account manager. Cause I am, but it's like, eventually they will find out that I'm the owner, but it's like, I have people that reach out on my, uh, website and they'll come in here and meet with me and I have no idea who they are and they want Facebook ads or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm an account manager. Let me show you around the place. This is Mallory's community manager. Yeah. You know, and they have no idea, but it's yeah. like, if I put myself in that role, then that's the role that I am in right there. So just put yourself in whatever role you need to, to be successful and stop, you know, ruining your chances of actually growing a business by, thinking that you're just like too cool for school yeah. and that you're not a salesperson or yeah, I think it's, I don't think it's always, yeah, I agree. So there's the too cool for school approach, <laughs> but I also think sometimes if you don't know how to sell or you haven't had any experience. So like this is not a lot of people know this about me, Ty. Um, <laughs> so I was a, I was a model in middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. And in 2006, I moved to New York um, to live by myself and to pursue my dreams of becoming a model. Mm-hmm. And so, or a professional model beyond, uh, Kansas city, Kansas. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, I grew up, uh, in the same school that Brad Pitt was a part of and what he got found out of. And so, uh, for four or five years through my formative teenage years, I was in modeling and acting school. I was taught how to communicate with people. My whole bravado was you walk into room, I got it, you want it, but you can't have it kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, which does terrible things for your psyche as a teenager, which was already <laughs> kind imagine. of messed yeah. up. Uh, but the programming that I've had to rework out of that has uh, been a lifelong experience. However, it made me comfortable in settings like this, right? Uh, settings, sitting across the table from a business owner talking about what their problems are. Mm-hmm. Um, however... Um, the call to action and modeling and acting feels a lot less, mm, it still feels a lot less personal, right? If mm-hmm. they say no to you at a open cast or a call, or whatever, you're like, yeah, okay. Like they went with somebody else for whatever the look is. Mm-hmm. Even with that background, when I've jumped in the last, you know, a couple of years into business coaching and putting myself out there, even with that and my extroverted, uh, muscles that I have is a good way to put it. Um, I think it took me a while just until recently, right? Uh, 
Accelerate Business Conference got <laughs> blasted in my own uh, <laughs> conference during the mastermind portion over lunch. But I, I thought it was good. You know, we kind of unpacked that. Oh, I realized that I've been soft on some of my call to actions with people who really I could help and who they really need my help. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been soft on my call to actions there because I'm afraid that, you know, it's Cody Hill coaching. It's not... Mm-hmm. Um, plug in whatever it is, growyourprofitnow.com or whatever, yeah. you know, it's Cody Hill coaching. So then I spend time, sometimes days, sometimes months, sometimes weeks. And at this point, years, even now with prospects. Um, and then when you put yourself out there, kind of like a dating relationship, even, Hey, mm-hmm. do you want to see where this could go? Like if they say no, they're saying no to you. Right. And mm-hmm. then you go, okay, what's wrong with me? Was there something that I did? Um, and I think that's still something that I'm, I'm trying to get over. And I think what you mentioned and what you brought up of like, just think of yourself as a salesperson. Right. And so in modeling and acting back in the day, as well as I worked at the buckle, don't Mm -hmm. laugh too hard, but (laughs) I was the king of upsells and cross sales and commission based. And I wasn't afraid to be like, Hey, do you want to try these shoes on with those jeans? And when people were trapped in the dressing room, you go, try this shirt, try this, right? Like yeah. the running joke of touching the wall in the back and yeah. trying to get out. <laughs> and so like, it's not that I can't sell. It's just, I feel so passionately and personally about this, right? Um, that you have to be really vulnerable to mm-hmm. then have this call to action and a price point that uh, you believe in and that you think you can help people with. And so, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think there's the too cool for school. I don't want to do that because I don't want to sell. And mm-hmm. then there's the my side of things, which is I feel very comfortable selling. I could sell coffee to you all day long. It's been a decade in doing that. Mm-hmm. But it's selling. It's the selling of yourself. <laughs> yeah. um, it's the selling of yourself, your product, your your passions. That that then it feels a lot more vulnerable. So when somebody says no, it feels like it's a touch to the heart versus just yeah. some corporation. Yeah, so. absolutely. How one, have, thing, one thing that's, what were you going to say? I was going to say, it might have been where you were going. I was going to say, uh, what have you done to help you as your... Do sales trainings. Sales, specific out, sales trainings. Yeah, literally figure out who's good at sales and yeah. I want to figure out how to do them. And that's one thing that's helped me is just looking up what other marketing agencies, what they do for sales, how do they do their pitches. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things that you gotta you got to cross off the same way of every other hat that you're doing. You have to cross off that hat. So when you finally do all your marketing and you finally get that lead in, how do I get them here? How do I get them on an actual meeting face-to-face? What do I show them once they're here to let them understand this is what we do, this is what we're good at? So they have all the information to realize I can help them or maybe I can't help them because now I do a um, vetting process. You can Mm -hmm. only work with us for X, Y, and Z, which also helps you sell too because now it's, and when it truly is a yes, like, oh, I will not work with you, it does help you, but you have to be real about it. Yeah. You can't fake it. But it starts to make people be like, oh, I want to work with you. Because mm-hmm. now it's a it's a possibility that they're coming into a sales meeting that they think the ball is in their court. Yeah. But I have to vet them as a business owner to say, we will work with you. And I've started to realize that's helping me with my sales because they're like, they're starting to tell me why they're so great. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if you have enough leads coming in or I don't know if you've built yeah. enough audience or you have enough revenue. And they're like, oh, well, we, we, we have money. Uh-huh. I literally had one the other day where I was like, yeah, I mean, just with the new money, the new business and you're wanting to launch this. I just don't know if we, we really don't work with businesses like that. And he goes, oh, trust me, we, we have money. We can afford the marketing. <laughs> and I was just like, it was so funny how it was almost yeah. like it switched from me begging them for business and them wanting to like work with me. Mm-hmm. But it's, it has to be, I think that has to be real too. You have to tell yourself, it's just like, if I was hiring Cody as my salesperson, 
I wouldn't just send you into a room with someone with no plan. Yeah. So build a plan for you. Build a plan that whenever you walk into that room, this is what you're selling. Mm-hmm. The same way at Buckle, they trained you how to sell. They trained you how to do the upsells and do whatever. Yep. Do the same exact thing. So walk in with your, what I did is I walk, I have a slide deck that mm-hmm. I show people and I show them the most amazing, our offer. I show them everything that we're going to do for them. Make sure that they, they fully understand that when they work with us, this is what it's going to look like. And I show them a ridiculous number for what it costs. This is just being honest. A ridiculous number. That if it was all a cart, that's what it would cost. Yeah. And then I do my offer, which I learned from Alex Ramosi. You cut it in pretty much, 20, it's like 80% cost at that. Mm-hmm. And it's a no-brainer. Half the time, oh, man, that went from whatever to this. That's a pretty good deal. And then it's like, well, yeah, but if you want a new logo, then we can have that starter package on and just build out packages that you know mm-hmm based on what your clients are going to want that they're going to ask for eventually that you have that pricing right there. Mm-hmm. And then you can start doing the whole, well, if you work with us today, we can do this. But what I've started doing as well is I ask for their business right there. Mm-hmm. I used to do it because I didn't want them to tell me no in person. I wanted to say, oh, well, I'll send over the proposal. I'll shoot you an email later. No big deal. And we'll just go from there. And they walk out and everything's hunky dory. I start asking for business right there. Yeah. So what's going to stop you from signing up with us today? What more, what more information can I, and it's, I mean, I'll be honest, it's fucking awkward yeah it's hard it's your business and you're the salesperson and you're asking someone right then and there well do you have a card on file you want to do this right now what are we doing you know and it's like i don't do it exactly like that but i have started to do a little bit harder of a sell because i want to know yes or no yep because if you if it if it's still no it's going to be no three months from now i might as well know right now and stop wasting my time and if they go well i have to think about it it's you know then you can start getting into the sales techniques of like what more information because i'm the one that has all the information what more do you like who are you going to go talk to? Are you not the one that makes the decisions in the business? Because if you're not the one that makes the decision, then why am I even talking yeah. to you? I need to talk to who else do we need to get in this wife room? or whoever yeah. that if she's the one making the decision. And then, so the answer is going to be yes or no. And they know it right there. They just don't want to tell you. Yep. And so, and it's not like I'm trying to grab credit cards or whatever right then. Sometimes I do, but it's, it's more of a, what would stop you from working with us today? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I think I just need a little bit of time. Okay. Well, I have all the information that you would need to know what we're like. So what could I do to help you? Yeah. You know, and sometimes we'll be like, you know, then you start doing the objection thing, which is sales. Yeah. All day, every day. You don't think car salesmen are going through objections? Yeah. They have flashcards that they're starting, they give each other to say, this is an objection. What do you do to go over it? Yeah. So if I was like, hey, uh, I just, I'm just looking around. What's the objection for that? Okay, cool. Let's train that. Mm-hmm. And just start training that and start going over every single objection that someone could possibly have. Yeah. And then you'll just start closing more. Start treating it as if you're sending a salesperson into that room, but you're just the salesperson. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, but if you build it out and then just follow it, you'll do a lot better than yeah. just going in and kind of just winging it. Yeah. But I truly believe that people, we like what you said, is like we don't want to be told no, and we're too scared to have someone tell us no. So we think that if we can just work them for the next 90 days or six months, then maybe they'll turn back around. No, what happens is, is when they tell us no, we don't say, okay, it's done forever they'll come back around, Mm -hmm. but you at least know where they're at right now. Cause the same thing happened to me. I was doing a coaching group with this guy that did an absolute masterclass on sales and we'd be on a call and he just was so like straightforward and he was so good at sales that he would just ask you awkward questions. Was it money issue? Do you not have the funds right now? And you could just be like, no, I don't have it. And he goes, okay, well we'll, we can do a business plan. Could you do $500 today to show, you know, faith will get you in the door. We'll get you started. You know, Boom, he just, he has it figured out. He has the objections done. And it's like, if we did more of that, 
then you're just going to get your closing rate. The same way that you focus on conversions on an e-com store, whenever someone goes to your website and if you get 50 people in but only one person is making a sale for every 50 people, how do we get that better? Yep. It should be the same thing with your leads. You should be tracking that every person you talk to, what's it take to get them on a call? What's it take to get them in the door? And then what's it take to get them closed? And so if you have five, 10 leads coming in, you only get five through the door and you're only closing one, that means to hit your goals, you're going to need to get 100 people in. Mm-hmm. But then if you can just start fixing the what Clarify you're doing. your messaging. Yeah. And overcoming the And ask them for and, their business. Yeah. Everyone forgets to just eventually ask them for their business. Yeah. And that's where it gets hard because there's people that I run Facebook ads for and they'll have hundreds of leads a month and they'll do one email text that says, hey, thanks for filling out the lead form. What can we do for you? To the lead, to those yeah. hundred that that's came it. through. Yep. Yeah, so they, so they fill out the form on Facebook. They get the lead in. They say, thanks so much for filling out the lead form. What can we do for you? And if they don't respond, they don't reach back out. And it's like. We live in a day and age where people cares. are getting emails constantly yeah. and phone calls constantly. Yeah. I mean, my bank had to call me 10 times in order to get a hold of me to tell me my license was expired. Exactly. Story, right. Yeah. And and I <laughs> that's uh, a great example. Very expired too, right? Yeah. Like and so not only was I not aware that my you know, my bank was trying to get a hold of me, I was not aware of the fact that my license is expired. And yep. so um yeah, I think that's another thing just mentally I've had to overcome is that follow up process too, mm-hmm. right? Um I'm in the middle of uh working with a a prospect now. They're pretty warm. Um but there's two business owners. And so g- nailing both of them down at the same time for availability, I'm a week and a half into follow up with them. And it's been every other day is what I've waited. And, mm-hmm. and they're, they are my ideal client from a revenue standpoint. And even from a time standpoint, it's just, they, they lost two employees recently. So they're both in it right now a lot more than they normally mm-hmm. are. And so, I still have the like before I call them. I'm like, oh, am I, are they going to be annoyed? Like, mm-hmm. is this going to be the they're going to go put a negative a one star review on me because he wouldn't leave me alone kind of thing? Yeah, all those things go. Every time I've called, he's been like, oh yeah, I'm so sorry, man. Let me get back with him, and I totally forgot we were because they're a service provider. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as we hang up, I'm on to something else, and so yep. um, I've said in my own for the rest of the year um, with all my leads and prospects that are coming through. I'm committed to just following up profusely and then yep. nailing down that uh, sales call or, or profit assessment or whatever yep. it is. And one thing too is like I've realized that at a certain point you have to call a spade a spade mm-hmm. and stop following up, right? Or at least put them on a longer drip, yep. you know. So if it's every other day and then eventually it's just like okay, I'm going to throw you on a six, you know, three month, yep. or you nail them down to a time. That's one thing that's helped me is when do you want me to follow up with you? Because now it's not my decision. It's yep. their decision, and they're telling me next Tuesday at 3 is when they want me to follow up. So I'm going to follow up next Tuesday at 3. Yep. And so then it's not just random and sporadic. And then if it's like, okay, maybe you're not ready right now. You think you'll be ready in the next 30 days, mm-hmm. 6 months, whatever, and then throw that on the calendar and then move on from it and go find yep. the next person and just keep building like that. But also what I've started doing is realizing that if I switch my marketing and I start doing my Facebook groups and I start doing whatever, people are coming onto calls and they're getting in the door ready to work with me. Mm-hmm. They know what I'm about. They know what we do here. They get, they understand my offer well enough that it's when I hop on the call, it's where do I sign? Yep. You know, They're and that's speaking been, your language. Yeah. And it's like, been so yeah. great. It's like just getting it to the point where it's like, it's less of like having to convince someone and just more about like, okay, so you've seen the stuff I put out. 
here's our process. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, we do an onboarding day. And then from that, we have our Slack channel. We can talk back and forth 24-7, anything you need. And then from there, we like to do, get our ads launched within seven days. You know, we just show them our processes. But it's just kind of the, you know, dotting the final I's and crossing the T's yep. for a client that's already ready to work with us. And so I think that's one thing that's huge as well is just making sure that the marketing you're putting out is not so great of an offer that they're like confused of how it's such a good deal, but they also understand exactly what you're about. Mm-hmm. So they understand that like when I come to work with Ty, this is what, what this is what I should expect. Yep. And it's like that's also been helpful because then whenever you get on the call, you don't have to wait a week, two weeks, three weeks of following up with the person. It's like, hey, you came to me ready. Like, what are we doing now? Yeah. You know, let's do this thing. Yeah. No, that's good. I, uh, and this is all the stuff that, like, even just us as, uh, your marketing expert and niche down in digital marketing and me, high level strategies and even financial understanding. This is the stuff that two years ago I was not even thinking about when I set out to help people, right? Yeah. Or when I set yeah. out to, <laughs> to get into it, right? And so, I think it's um, a little bit like, uh, you know, uh, successful entrepreneurs, successful business owners um, are the ones who, kind of like what you said earlier, not just don't just pivot all the time, but don't give up, right? And Mm -hmm. so I think like, not to go all the way back, but go back to 16-year-old Cody, um, I had an idea of what I thought I was going to do. I had the entrepreneurial itch. It just happened to be that I thought my face and my hair was nice enough for people <laughs> to want to take pictures and, and look at me all the time. Um, but all of that even was like training and experience to help me in sales, to help me in public speaking, to help me in like groups, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then uh, starting at the coffee shop in college helped me understand, well, one, fed my caffeine addiction, mm-hmm. but two, helped me understand kind of the backside of a, a business uh, in more of a safe setting, right? And then um, education in the formal sense and then also in the informal sense or in, um, you know, additional lifelong training opportunities. Mm-hmm. Everything that we do is a culmination of what has made me who I am today, right? Even in my home life, be married for over a decade now, having three kids at home, like all of those things are shaping who I am as a human being, mm-hmm. which is the whole reason I got into business coaching is because there's a human being behind the business that's out there, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a human being behind Wild Wolf Digital. There's a human being behind 24-hour attire. And so mm-hmm. um, we are who we are as a result of not giving up and not quitting, right? And so whether it's group coaching or completely flopping or I had a whale on the hook, so to speak, I'm a huge, what I thought was an ideal client and now have learned it's not mm-hmm. uh, for a big amount of money and it fell through and I could have been like, oh, it sucks. I'm, it's never going to work. There's something wrong with me. Maybe I was wrong. Um, let's give up. Let's, well, I'll just go do the corporate thing, which mm-hmm. for me is a huge poke in the eye. Um <laughs> And so, but I think not quitting, personally not quitting after that, has allowed me another year of just, I don't don't want to use this word lightly, but like transformation of who I am, of what I care about, of uh, what I want to do as a business owner, Mm -hmm. uh, what I want to do as a husband and as a dad. and, And it's all connected, right? And so 
Um, I think if I had stopped, I would have missed out on um, the last six months of development in my own business, which then has also been development in me personally, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that I'm offering a better service and a package, in my opinion, uh, because I've hung around a lot longer and taken a little more of a beating at times. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's the same thing when, when you're lifting or trying to get stronger, right? Like, it sucks, and there's times where you're like, oh, I can't move this weight. Like, mm-hmm. if I don't have a spotter, I'm going to die, right? Yeah. It's the same thing in business. So there's times where we feel alone, frustrated, uh, don't see how we're going to make rent or maybe don't see how we're going to make certain elements mm-hmm. um, work, but then you're still standing three months later, and you've learned a lot more, and uh, your bottom line's growing or your time's being bought back or um, you're hopeful about the next six months. And Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, I think, I think I've had to learn tenacity uh, in, (laughs) in this business journey. Um, and maybe more than it's been more humbling than I thought it was going to be, you know, cause 16 year old Cody thought pretty highly of himself because of my training. Remember Mm -hmm. my training, but, um, yeah, I, I think it's so crucial for business owners, entrepreneurs, whatever it is, just in general, just as a human being, don't, don't quit, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, and we live in a day and age where I think it is easy for us to quit. Oh, it's yeah. easy for us to quit our job. It's easy for us to quit our marriage. It's easy for us to quit our, um, you name it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's easier to pivot and quit than it is to well, persevere. That's the same thing. I mean, even with quitting, it's like sometimes there's stuff that I do with like 24 tire. It's like I've sold out pretty much of every line that I've done but it's like if I took this money and just put it in like stocks wouldn't I wouldn't I be doing better off money wise like if I put this money and went and got into real estate wouldn't I be better off and it's like but that's not what I'm trying to grow that's not the end goal but it's right now it's like the immediate win would be better off Mm -hmm. but it's like the bigger picture of what you're still trying to grow it's like you can't lose track of the vision of what that bigger vision actually looks like and do you and do you even have a vision for that right Mm -hmm. i think um, i don't mean you specifically but i mean like business owners in general right we were kind of talking about this earlier like if you as an individual don't have an idea of where you'd like to be in five to ten years Mm-hmm. outside of your business, obviously your business will influence that. But like, if you don't have an idea of where you'd like to be from a faith or family or income or a lifestyle or community involvement standpoint, then you're not going to be able to gauge on whether or not you're progressing towards that. Obviously mm-hmm. your business f- plays a big part of that, yep. but your motivations, your personal motivations and desires and dreams and goals all have to be in place. And those are kind of the non-negotiables, right? Like, for me personally, I can't pivot on the fact that, well, I have three kids, right? So um, in 10 years, I'm going to have three kids still. And so that is there. And so I'm going to have my business. I'm going to seek to have my business goals in line with the income that's necessary for that. You know, mm-hmm. I'd like a life. I have a lifestyle desire that I want to experience over the next 10 years mm-hmm. uh, in order to be around more for them and for my wife, and you know. Yeah. But if I don't put the time in now, I said this to my wife a couple months ago, I said, listen, if, if I don't put the time in now and I don't spend the time in that grinding phase and building it out and figuring it out and sharpening it, mm-hmm. then five years from now, we're going to be in the exact same position we are financially, spiritually, emotionally, physically, like nothing's going to change. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And so I've taken the time to take care of my health, right? I'm I'm doing things regularly because I have that vision that's driving me, you know? Mm -hmm. And then the business I'm trying to create to help serve that and and meet those needs. But most business owners that I talk to, um, if I ask them, hey, what are your personal goals? What do you think they say? I don't know. (laughs) Either I don't know or they go, well, I'd like to have revenue at this this much. Okay, tell me why you need revenue at whatever it is. $100,000 for your whatever it is, plant shop. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you need $100,000? Well, it just sounds like a nice amount of revenue. Okay, well, revenue feeds the ego. Profits what feeds the family. Where do you need to be from a profit standpoint? Well, I don't really know. Okay, what are your personal income desires because of your lifestyle choices that you would like to be living? Well, I haven't really thought through that. Okay, so you have nothing anchoring to this number yeah. that you arbitrarily threw out there, mm-hmm. a million dollars, whatever it is. I need, I need $10 million. Okay, what do you need $10 million for? Well, I just need it coming in. Okay, well, what if you brought $10 million in, but you're only profiting 50K? Does that does that support <laughs> the desire? Because if yeah. you're not careful, that's what ends up happening, right? Mm-hmm. There's, I know business owners, uh, personally, and six degrees separated, who are, they're million-dollar companies, but they don't know if they're going to pay rent, personal rent. Oh, yeah. Not just their business rent, you know? <clears throat> and so... Um, I think it's so important for us to have that vision and to be thinking in decades mm-hmm. um, so that we're building towards that um, because we live in the day-to-day enough, right? Yeah. And and just to like go off of what you just said, as I know businesses, this gets into the what's actually happening behind the scenes. As mm-hmm. I know businesses that are running or that were running on national running TV shows that were sought after that had a wait list for three years to be able to work with them that couldn't make payroll. Oh my gosh! Consistently, are you speaking from personal experience? We're not making payroll. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It didn't affect me, but it's yeah. what I saw. Yeah, and it's like, and it, it just gets into the whole like, people mystify the world of TV and social media and everything. Mm-hmm. And unless you're in it, you just like don't get to see it. Yeah, and that's where I think that's what's like made me just be like, this is all fake and dumb, and nothing's real out, out here. Like this is all stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's like you start seeing like the perfect picture of like this is success and then they're not being able to pay their employees and they have the perfect i mean they're on a national running tv show they're getting leads in they have a three-year wait list to be able to work with them but they're so bad at running a business that they couldn't even pay their people and it's like how could you you're getting paid from the tv show you're getting paid from all the sponsors you're getting paid from all this stuff you're getting paid from your client that is on the show and then also you have clients that are off the show and you have that long of a wait list, but yet yeah. you can't pay your employees. That hurts my finance heart so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to me. It's like, how how is that happening? Yeah. And it's like, that's where it gets into like, just the, don't, truly do not judge everything that you see. Yeah. Thinking that it's, that they have it figured out. Because right. I'm telling you right now, I've seen it for the most part. Nobody has it figured out. Mm-hmm. Nobody has it figured out. I've seen... NFL wide receivers. I've seen huge basketball players. I've seen big celebrities. I know what goes on behind the scenes. I've seen these huge TV shows. I've seen YouTube channels. Nobody has it as figured out as you think they do. Mm-hmm. And if you go into the, with that attitude, your confidence is going to be that much better. And then you having any sort of a plan, even though you're doing six figures, say you do a hundred grand a year and you think that you need to be doing a million or two million or $10 million a year, you, you're probably doing better with your hundred grand a year with yeah. your, 
75% profit yeah. than they're doing with their million dollars a year and their 90% margin. Well, yeah. And that's why, that's why you get into some of those personal motivations that are driving why you're doing what you're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you're a hundred percent correct. You can have, you can bring $500,000 in a year and be profiting more than a million dollar business or yeah. multi-million dollar business. And now you can get into the conversation. Well, they're just over leveraging themselves in order to see stuff grow. That's what people who just listen to Grant Cardone like to say. Oh, I'm 10xing it. Well, are you really? Like, <laughs> um, but that's why I think it's so important to to know from your motivations in life for the most part, those desires and dreams that you have, big picture, like are not gonna change. Right. Like I, I want to be available for my family in evenings and on weekends for the most part for the rest of my kids lives growing up. Mm-hmm. That's not going to change. Right. That's that's a value thing that I have. And so um, I need to do the work during the day or call me crazy before my kids get up. Right. People talk about, oh, the four, four in the morning, five in the morning thing. Mm-hmm. Like some people go, oh, that's crazy. Right. I'd never do that. I'm not a morning person. But I've learned just as a dad and as a husband, even if I wasn't pursuing building a business, getting up before they're awake allows me to get things done so that I can be prepared to be a better husband and a better dad, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I get the reading my Bible in the morning out of the way. I get the workout in the morning out of the way. I get the the things that feed me and help me be a better person out of the way so that I can then serve the people who I love and care about and build my business and you know, mm-hmm. and then six o'clock rolls around and I'm not thinking about, oh, crap, I didn't do any of this stuff. I'm going, OK, I'm available for the people who I love the most. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And so, um, yeah, that's, that's why what I've had to do as well. Yeah. Is like make it non-negotiable in the evenings. Like this is Alicia time. This is family time. This mm-hmm. is no more just like because I used to it used to just be 18 hours every day. Yeah. And it was like, I would be here at shift. I would go home and I'd be at my office at home and I would just be building and grinding and learning and doing all this stuff. And it's like, stop. I stopped spending time on things that weren't actually helping build my business, but that I thought they were, or like a new offer or something different that I needed to change. It's like, I just need to stick to what we're good at, stick Mm -hmm. to what I'm good at and then build off of that. But one of the things that I struggle with is like, I love personal development. So I love like listening to podcasts about Mm -hmm. personal development. I love... I want to read books that aren't just like how to run a good Google ad campaign, which is those are books that I read as well. So I want to help. I want things that help me as a person that fill my cup. Then I want to learn more that I can help my business and help serve others in my business. Then I want to help figure out how to grow 24 tire and help with all the Shopify and all the fun stuff that goes along with that, how to do better graphic design. What do people like all that stuff? But then I want to be a good husband and a good dog dad and a good, you know, I want to take my dog on a walk when I get home and I want to do all those things. And then I still want to go to the gym. I still want to get better there. And then I want to do hobbies. And it's like, I have all this stuff that I want to do. And it's like, how can you possibly hit every single pillar if you don't pay attention to what you're doing almost down to 15 minutes a day? And so I've started scheduling myself like where it's like, like I said, from eight to noon, it's impossible to reach me. Mm -hmm. From noon to five, it's pretty much open for like lunch or the podcast or stuff like that. And then from like five to 10, it's basically like family time, gym time, throw a podcast on personal development type stuff. And then through the day, it's being able to realize that like, I can't switch from like trying to learn Shopify and then try to jump in 
do Wild Wolf Digital and like mesh them, yep. but just schedule out time. And when that hour's up, the hour's up. Yep. So that hour can be spent doing whatever it needs to to grow that specific part of my pillar or whatever it is for that one I'm trying to check mark. And that has been huge for mm-hmm. me because then I've started to realize everything is growing. Yep. I'm not just focusing on the one thing and I'm doing kind of everything at once and not waiting to be super successful to, be, to start that process then it just means that I love the process as I'm building. Like yeah. I'm doing all these things and I'm enjoying being 28 years old building a business, yeah. not killing myself until I'm 35 and yeah. then being like, wow, that freaking sucked. And now yeah. I kind of get to enjoy it. It's like, I'm just, I'm living in it now. And that's the hardest, that's been one of the hardest things for me is like just looking at the future and being like, that's where I want to be. And then not caring about what's happening in the mm-hmm. presence just to get there. And it's like, no, you need to enjoy 28, 29, 30 Yep. 40s 50s like you need to enjoy the process that is each of those building years and i think you have to recognize realistically it's going to be slower than you want it to be yeah too right i don't know if you're like me at all but i'm a bit of a dreamer and visionary and so i always have high huge expectations for whatever it is that i'm doing maybe mm-hmm. there's something fundamentally wrong with me <laughs> there might be but you know and so for example my wife she's great she's always like Hey, yeah, I know this isn't where you want to be, but look at what is happening, right? Look at the relationships you're building. Look at the mm-hmm. clients that you do have. Look at how you've helped people. Look at the the stages you're sharing on. Look at the, you know, look at what's happened. Like mm-hmm. to move to a, a city where you don't know anybody two years ago and to step out and to try and do something into network. Mm-hmm. I have no relationships. You know, I have no history. I've I've gotten to make great connections and I know you said you you block off your evenings, but also I send you memes late at night and you've responded. So I know yeah. that I know that there's some <laughs> flexibility to that. But I think like it's so it's part of enjoying the process is like you said, I want to enjoy the process. And I also want to look back and see, oh look where look where I've come. Maybe it's not as far as I'd like it to be, but mm-hmm. it's further than where I was six months ago, a week ago, yep. yesterday morning, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. um and I think uh I think what what vision, personal motivation, vision, tenure ideas of painting a picture high level where you'd like to be, I think what that does is allows us to have perspective. It allows us to have perspective. Oh, in this moment, this feels really emotional mm-hmm. or this this business decision or this client said no or this one said yes. And so now I'm scrambling because it's bigger than what I thought, right? Mm-hmm. It allows that moment to to fall in place in the perspective of the entire story of my life instead of just that one moment where my blood pressure's through the roof and my yeah. eyes want to pop out of my head and I can't sleep at night, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, that's good. I, I think I agree with you. I think scheduling and blocking out is a secret that everybody talks about. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the why behind why you're doing it, Right. If you don't have the motivation for why you're doing it, the other responsibilities or stuff or lifestyle you want to have, then it becomes, oh, this is just something I have to do. I have the framework and I have to do it. Mm -hmm. And then it sucks. But if you're like, no, I'm doing this so that I can be available for my wife later. I'm doing this so that I can do I can. What are your hobbies? Whittling? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Do a lot of whittling. Underwater basket weaving. Yeah. I'm a big whittler. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like. There's there's purpose to everything then, every step that you're taking mm-hmm. beyond just growing your bottom line. There's purpose to maintaining this lifestyle, to maintaining these these goals that I want to see achieved, whether it's lifting heavier, feeling healthier, or, you know, I, I found 
if I'm not doing that stuff, it's a slippery slope and it's easy for me to jump into. I'll be honest. I love processed foods, dude. And Mm. if, if I'm (laughs) not about me, (laughs) if I'm not, yeah, if anyone knows anything, you know, (laughs) and if I'm not disciplined and I don't have those other things in place, those kind of bigger stones, if you will, in place, then I found, man, I get anxious. I get worried. I get concerned about this moment. It feels a lot bigger than it really is. And Mm -hmm. then I find the closest little Debbie and then I find 10 more of them. (laughs) And then then before you know it, it's like six weeks and I'm like, man, I've eaten like crap. I skipped the gym. I'm not up early in the morning. Mm -hmm. And it's all because I've, I've just skewed a little bit. I've allowed this moment to derail me from my vision for where I'd like to be. So what kind of, uh, like personal development people do you follow? Like what kind of like, do you, what kind of lifestyles, do you buy off on that you like to incorporate? Is it like the more hardcore style type people or is it more like the like, fire people like trying to be like the guy that I love is Bedros Koulian. Okay. If you've, have you listened to him yep. at all? Yep. Dude, his stuff is just like, it's in your face. It's pretty <clears throat> hardcore, but it's like, those are the type of people that like, it's something about just like living. I don't want to say a hard life, mm-hmm. but not being like average Yeah, that I just really try to buy. Like it just really resonates with me and I buy off on it a lot yeah. to be like, do you want to be here? Do you want to be successful? This yeah. is what it's going to take. It's going to be hard, Yeah, but like stop complaining about it and just get it done. Yeah. Like I, I enjoy a lot of that, that life, like the way that he goes about talking about it and stuff and just like the whole, um, like I just got that shirt that he, but his famous quote of like, Averages the enemy and change can take effect. Hold on, let me find it. <laughs> Don't want to misquote it. I know. <laughs> Jamie, can you pull it up? <laughs> um, I love it though. Cause that's such a good, such a good quote. And everyone like else like believe it. you, yeah. We're, everyone else liked it enough that they put it. This in is the part where this is the part where you, but you can't find it where you're googling it right now. This is the part where they'll put crickets in and after. Uh, oh, I figured after you, production. I figured you would just say something. I figured you would just. Talk I while yeah. I was. There are people. <laughs> um, like who do you? Follow that's actually that's story? actually a great a great question. I think when it comes to like personal development or motivations. I don't know that I've read a lot of people. Um, I think my faith plays a huge part in, in my work life balance and in my perspective. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, not to, not to play the easy card there, but read the Bible a lot, uh, for perspective and a framework for (laughs) the easy, the easy card. (laughs) Um, you know, I think I value people, uh, cause it communicates that, in my beliefs, I believe that people are made in the image of God. And therefore, because of that, everybody has innate value. Um, and it doesn't matter the amount of money you make, how you spend your time, uh, how successful you are in the world's eyes. Um, you baseline have a value that's been imparted to you by a creator. And, mm-hmm. and that's influenced my lifestyle and how I interact and, and treat people and why I even get into the business that I do or yeah. ask questions that I do. As far as like people who influence me, as far as lifestyle goes, um, ironically, there's this guy named uh, 
It's not Chad. That was my friend in high school. <laughs> I can't remember his first name right now. His last name's Latka, though. He wrote a book called How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital. I read mm-hmm. it back in 2016, a time when I had no capital. And so mm-hmm. I could really relate. Speaking of marketing and pain points, that was touching on mine at that time. Yeah. And um, From a lifestyle, I, I think he was one of the first ones to kind of implement using other people's money, um, finding creative ways to, to he, he, he really changed my mindset from going, oh, I can't do that, right? We could get into a real deep conversation about like growing up in a working class family. My dad was a brick and stone mason, super hard worker, um, wouldn't teach me a trade and told me I needed to go to college because trades were going away. Mm-hmm. His specific trade was Little going away. Little did he know. I know. I was like, <laughs> well, I was like, Dad, you should have taught me something. I could make a ton of money just yeah. laying a few bricks every now and then. But that's uh, another story for another day. Mm-hmm. So I had this mentality growing up in, in that environment of, well, I can't do that, right? Uh, I'm not able to do that, and that's just the way that it is, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, socioeconomic class situation, whatever it is. I wasn't discontent necessarily. Maybe I was real deep down inside. But... It's just the way that it was. I can't do that. We can't do that. Some people might be able to. Some people, you know, I just can't, right? Well, this, he changed my mindset. Again, I can't remember his first name. But he was like, I started asking, how can I make this happen? Mm -hmm. I can't currently, but how can I make this happen? Um, And so it opened my eyes up to all kinds of opportunities and ways to creatively uh, build your network and build your business and, and, um, create sources of income. And, and, and it's even like bled over into, you know, my own physical goals. Right. So why I can't currently bench this amount, how can I get to a point where I need to? Right. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you start thinking that way, uh, so it it has an influence like the way I structure my time, but it's influenced the way I approach my day and and approach Mm -hmm. my time. Well, that's not something I'm good at yet. How can I get there? And maybe it's, a little bit every day, maybe it's once a month. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's how to be a capitalist without any capital. Hey, he okay. talks about everything from he started a podcast before podcasts were cool. Mm-hmm. He um, he was an, an early influencer and he had zero followers and was like doing the whole hey, I'm gonna have a massive following. Can I take pictures next to your sports car? Right. That that mm-hmm. kind of influencer. Yeah. To the point where he was like, I have my own sports cars. Right. Like yeah. um he was the life in the lifestyle sense, he was reaching out to hotels and destinations when he knew he was going somewhere. And he was kind of one of the first ones to do run offsite masterminds where and he was like, I don't know if anybody's gonna come, but he would get crazy Airbnb locations to give it to him for free because he said he posts about it and he was bringing high profile people in. And he's first one to say, he was like, I had no high profile people coming in. And he yeah. was like, but well, I figured it out. I She's got like, a lot of people. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> fake it till you make it though. Right. Um, and so, I don't know. I, I think he's inspired a lot of stuff. You know, we rolled out this Accelerate Business Conference this last year mm-hmm. and it was our first time, maybe safe to say, rolling an event out that large and, um, I don't know, maybe you've had experience with events like that, but I think I saw a need here in Wichita of giving some practical um, strategies and then also getting a lot of like-minded individuals into the same room. And I thought it was a really rich time. Mm-hmm. 
I was promoting it like it was going to be the coolest thing and biggest thing since sliced bread in my own circles. And I had no idea what it was going to turn out to be. And Mm -hmm. I was pleased with the attendance. I was pleased with the connections that we made. And I'm excited to see what it looks like next year. Yeah, I don't think I would have stepped out to even brainstorm that or offer that idea up or see if you're interested had I not read that book and, and been over the last, you know, seven years had that mentality of going, okay, how can, how can we make it happen? Yeah, right. And so, absolutely. um, I think that's been pretty formative in, in just my approach to life is, yeah, I might not be able to do it right now, but how, how can we take some steps towards that? Yeah. So I found the quote. Nice. It's uh, average is the enemy. Success is your responsibility and change can take place in an instant. If you're willing to flip the switch. And I feel like that's how I am. I am the kind of person that if you're like, if you tell me this is how it works, I can just, I'll, okay, we're going that way. And yep. it's like, we're going that way, not in six months, three days. We're right going now. that way today. Like, yeah. I am now this way. Mm-hmm. And I did that whenever I started getting into like lifting and stuff. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, I need to do this to get stronger. Okay, I'm doing this. Yep. Like, and it's not like. Trend. It's just, exactly. <laughs> a lot of trend. But it's like, I'm doing this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it today. And I think too many people are like, oh man, I'd love to be able to start a company and they're just like, maybe in a little bit. It's like, why not tomorrow? Yeah. Why not today? Yeah. And I've always kind of had that hardcore approach to life. Even when I was a kid, I was kind of like what you're saying, like this whole, like, you can't really take no, or it's like, it's not no, it's how. Mm-hmm. I've always been that way and my parents hated it. And now they love it because <laughs> yeah. of like that same mentality has helped me like, just be like, yeah, I'll figure out how to run a clothing line. Yeah. I'll figure it out. It might not be the most successful one or it might not be whatever, but it's like, we'll figure out how to make this happen. Yeah. And the same thing with like digital marketing and everything. And it's like, we'll figure out how to make it happen. And I feel like I've always kind of been that way. It's, and I don't, I don't know if it's a false confidence of like, I don't know, we'll figure it out. But I think it's also been even worse now that I realize that nobody has it figured out. Yeah. Like once I got to pull back the curtain and be like, oh, this is what's actually happening. Oh, man. My confidence just goes through the roof to be yeah. like, yeah, we can figure this out. Trust me. And if anybody's listening to this and they're like, oh, I can't do this or I can't do that, it truly is a how can you go figure that out? Yeah. And I that's why I love that quote so much because it's like change really can take place in an instant if you decide to flip the switch. Yeah. But you have to have that moment where you want to flip the switch. But any advice I've ever given anybody, I do kind of have that more of like a hardcore um, not going to sugarcoat it this is what it is and if you want it like this is just how it works because people will be like oh i just don't have time for that or i don't Mm -hmm. do whatever and it's like don't come at me with the i don't have time or anything it's like i don't care what you do with your personal life i don't care if you drink a whole bunch i don't care if you just want to go home smoke pot and play call of duty it's like i don't care but don't come at me and be like oh i can't do what you do because of this x y and z because it's like well show me your google calendar yep Let's dive into what you do on a daily basis yep. because I guarantee you the six hour, the nap, whenever you work your eight hour day, then you take your three hour nap when you get home and then you play video games for the rest yep. of the night. That's the reason that you can't do anything. Don't tell me you don't have time for right. it. Oh, I can't go to the gym because of this. It's you like made choices. Make it a non-negotiable. Yep. For me, going to the gym is non-negotiable. I had a day the other day where I had a 16 hour day. I got home and went to the gym. And it was just non-negotiable for me. Mm-hmm. There was nothing else I could do it's, because it wasn't. A, it's not an option to not. Mm-hmm. And if it's not an option or not, you're going to go do it. And that's why, I don't know, I really resonate with guys like that because it's kind of how I live my life. And it's just, it just, I feel like it transfers over really well. And that's the whole reason between 24 Tire. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole meaning behind what it is. And I, I don't want to say it is hustle culture, 
but it's just you have to stand for something or you're going to fall for anything yep. and you have to want something and you can't just hope that life is going to give it to you because life isn't fair and you have to go and take it yep. and you have to get after it and you have to live this certain life or figure out how to get that sales goal to be able if you're not making if you're getting leads in but you're not making sales it's probably a you problem and if you think of everything as just what you can control then you're going to be that much better off yep. but there's just people that i've talked to that it's like oh i couldn't do this or i couldn't do that or whatever and it's like what do you mean you couldn't i'm no different than you are and mm-hmm. i'm figuring it out anybody can figure this stuff out you just yep. have to want to figure it out yeah yeah but, and- And I think a lot of the times the reason why people don't act on their dreams or act on their um, ideas, maybe is a better way to put it. I think dreams drive us towards, motivate us towards action. I think ideas are just ideas, right? Mm -hmm. So how many times, I've been around tons of people, oh, this would be a cool idea. I'm like, yeah, but you're not motivated by that, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're you're passionate about 24 attire because you're passionate about what the brand stands for and and it's part of who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Um somebody just throws and say, Oh, you know what people should consider doing that. Whatever it is, you know. Um I think if we don't, you know, kind of bringing it back to what we were talking about earlier, our personal motivations are what drives our actions, right? Base level humanity right and so my dreams and my desires are going to drive my actions i may think it's a nice idea to have a million dollars in revenue or whatever but if i don't have dreams that are aligned with that or as big as that then i'm not going to be motivated enough to take the steps in that whether it's in my per in my business working for somebody or trying to start my own thing right Mm -hmm. like and so you have to have motivations you have to have dreams that are big enough to support whatever it is that you're stepping out into. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I, uh, to kind of bring it back to what you were saying too, like I had my first kid at 21 years old. I was working three jobs at the time. Two of them were full-time jobs um, and going to school. And so, I can relate to the, you have to figure out what's important and and you have to make room for it and you have non-negotiables. And I've always been that way. And I've, and I've, you know, like I said, a couple years ago, I went, listen, if I, if I give up now, right. If, if I don't pursue the thing that I've been itching to do, which is be my own boss, step out and figure out. I didn't know what the business was. I just knew I had a lifestyle and a desire where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. If I didn't, if I didn't take that step, I felt like there was a biography being written about me. And I was like, if, if I'm cool with the biography ending there with then just like the last couple of pages saying, you know, then Cody quit and went on to live, whatever, <laughs> roll the credits, yeah, right? Like yeah. at, 27 however Mm -hmm. old I was then that's a pretty sucky book right um because I have lord willing 40 more years 50 60 depending on the technology right um (laughs) and so uh that's the motivating thing for me in my faith and in my business and in my life as I go listen yeah I could close the book here right now and move on 
but I feel like I'm not to the point of, I'm not to the climax of the story yet. I'm not to the point of where mm-hmm. I've arrived, you know? And so that's something that's helped me just in my motivation to keep going and keep taking those steps forward. Um, because I'm, I don't know that I'm naturally that way. Right. Um, and so, but if I have that perspective and I go, okay, here's my motivations. And if, if I've, if I'm short of that right now and I decide to just quit and that autobiography is written or people reading it, if I'm reading it, if my grandkids are reading it someday and they go, Oh, and then he gave up. Well, granddad gave up, you know, uh, I should too. Right. Like mm-hmm. the impact that that has or the influence that it has. And, yeah. um, so yeah. So just don't give up. Don't, don't quit. If you're listening, <laughs> don't quit. Whatever it is, even if you're like, I don't know if people will buy into this, uh, give it a shot. Um, and surround yourself with people who will give you honest feedback. I think one thing I've appreciated about you, even just, you know, as recent as the mastermind the other week going like, <laughs> well, what are you afraid of? Well, a lot of things apparently <laughs> as we're unpacking this, Mainly but spiders, but <laughs> yeah, but having people like around you who are also doing it, I think is huge. I think the community element of mm-hmm. starting a business, um, I think there's a lot of networking out there. We've talked about this before. There's a lot of networking opportunities that are just like social events. There's a lot of networking opportunities that are just like trying to hard sell you on services. Um, very few networking opportunities have I come across where I'm actually sitting across from someone like you, Ty, um, and talking business and strategy and what's working and, hey, this sucks or, you know, it's not working out how I thought and then being able to go, well, okay, you keep doing it. What's mm-hmm. your next move, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I, I think I appreciate that about you. It's fun to watch your businesses growing and, and you sharing appreciate and it. stumbling <laughs> and running and succeeding. And um, that's kind of the heart behind the Infinite Business Network too is to create a space where, where we could do that. And you don't have to be like the social media, everything's great, we're winning all the time when mm-hmm. no one's winning all the time. But yep. you can go... Hey, normally I run to social media to get away from my business. I'm going to run to this group and say, hey, this is challenging, right? I'm being vulnerable here. Mm-hmm. And I've already been that way in, in the group as well. And and so I think there's there's something to be said, you know, going back to what you were just saying. If you are trying to do something, uh, whether it's start your own business, maybe exit out of your business, do something new, pursue a degree, ask that guy or girl out, whatever it is, you know, um, do it and surround yourself with people who are going to challenge you and ask you questions and hold you accountable. Um, because I found the fastest growth and the biggest amount of growth and the sustainable, most sustainable growth that I've had has been a result of surrounding myself with people who are like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but let's try it. Right. Or yeah, "Yeah, actually I've been there before and here's some things to consider. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I like that. All right. Well, should we wrap it up? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We, we That's did it. it. <laughs> <laughs>